1: Welcome to the family with
2: Alex Brampernard Rasmussen,
1: Andy Brampernard,
2: and Cassie Schrader.
1: Catherine's not here. Actually, she's at the window guy over in a day. It's absolutely oh, snowing like mad. The window guy. guy. That'll that'll work like a charm.
2: I'm the Vinda Viper. Vinda Viper coming to Viper Vindos. Oh. oh, my God. <laughs> do you remember that, Andy?
1: I do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Unapologetically favored, unapologetically, excuse me. (laughs)
2: Unapologetically.
1: Unapologetically favored, a woman, a leader, a testimony. Courtney Cottrell, our special guest, right after this with the family. it's been, good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact
3: you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is MinnesotaPersonalInjury.com, MinnesotaPersonalInjury.com, or at 800 770 7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Tom
1: here from my friends at Walser Automotive Group with some exciting news. Courtney, ready to go? Uh, Not yet. Not yet, okay. Oh, yeah, we're probably about a minute early. Or so. We'll get to uh, Courtney Cottrell, ladies and gentlemen. Matter of fact, I'll read this while we're waiting for her, because I just want to hear her take on the whole thing. Unapologetically favored a woman, a leader, a testimony. Mental health advocate Courtney Cottrell has endured three military service member suicides just last month. Uh, This tragic devastation that unfortunately is unending Prompted uh, Courtney to release her new memoir, Unapologetically Favored. Um, Growing up rejected by her father, losing members of her family, Courtney believed that she had a purpose for her life, that purpose would not come without a price. From her earliest years, she knew she was different sexually. Confused, depressed, and afraid of a world that did not welcome her, Courtney lived through depression, disappointment, racism, and sexuality. Building up courage, strength, and trust in others, She fought her way through her pain and failures. She shifted her mind from thoughts of suicide to thoughts of success. Focused on getting her life together and healing the wounds of her past, she began to grow and walk in in her purpose. She became unapologetically favored. This is her story. We will be talking to her, uh, Courtney Cottrell, just minutes from now when she uh, gives us a quick call. Um, We have many, many topics to talk about with, uh, with Courtney, as a matter of fact. Uh, mental health of LGBTQ, LGBTQ. Now, is that different a lot? Is it LG? I thought it was LGBTQ. It seems to change. But this is L-G-T-B-Q, So I don't know. I don't, do they just move I the know, letters around? It's
2: LGBTQIA. <clears throat> is the whole the acronym that I
1: know. So it's L G B T LGBTQ.
2: LGBT
1: is what B-T-Q- it usually is. Is what it usually is.
4: Yeah. QIA.
1: Well, I-I- Courtney's
4: I-I-I- on the line. She can explain it.
1: Courtney, how are you? <laughs> Courtney.
0: Hey, how are you?
1: What? Now we're we're talking about LGBTQ as it's written out here, but we've heard LGBTQ and then Correct. our daughter Alex. You. What did you say, Alex?
2: It's LGBTQIA. Is the
1: whole. Is the whole thing. And yeah. what's the I-A stand for?
0: Oh, that's another one. Intersexual, intersexual, and I don't know
5: what the A
1: is. Asexual. Asexual? Yeah. Oh, asexual. Yeah, okay. Well, that's probably asexual. it. Asexual. Courtney, I just read off the, your entire descriptor because what I want to do is sit back and shut up and listen to what you have to say. Uh, it's a fascinating story. And by the way, great picture on the book. I got the book this morning. Oh, thank you. And thank I really, you. really like the, the picture on the cover. Is that you? That is. That's my
0: kindergarten picture. And then my Uh, uh, picture I took
1: in 2017, I think it was. I got to look at it up close. Here it is. Uh, See, I love cute little kids. We have a a three and a half year old granddaughter and a one and a half year old grandson. And little, I just love, look at that pretty face you had, a, a smiling little kid.
0: And my hair was not combed in that picture. <laughs> they sent me to school on a picture day. Have at it.
1: <laughs> have at it. Uh, on the other picture, by the way, you're in full uniform, it looks like to me in any case. And you do not yes. look like you're the type of person who needs to be messed with. <laughs> Is that right? Well,
0: thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, it's right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So you didn't even yeah. try to deny it, Courtney. That's great. Courtney, <laughs> let, let's start all the way back to that that cute, smiling little girl. You look extremely happy. So mm-hmm. was that picture taken, you said, in, in kindergarten? Yes, that was my kindergarten picture. So really none of this has entered your mind yet or, you're you, you you know, you even guessing for a second that maybe you felt differently from other people, that probably didn't happen at that age, did it? Or did it?
0: No, it didn't. I uh, my earliest recollection was um like the story that I tell in, um, book, uh, was telling um my book when I was about seven years old and I used to go to my great aunt's um house she would watch my brother and I after school and my cousin had the, the Playboy magazines and I was like, ooh, let me see what this is about." Um, but then I also <laughs> I like uh, looking at like house designs and I'm still like a house design lover. I love HGTV okay. um, but I would take the my aunts good housekeeping magazines and I would put the Playboy magazine inside the Good Housekeeping magazine and just, <clears throat> just, just looking off. Like
1: <laughs> sure. and I was
0: seven in the second grade. So, so you're yeah.
1: seven years old, and you and and you did you feel that you were attracted to naked women at that point? Is that what you were feeling?
0: I didn't know what it was at that. Oh, I just sure. knew I had a fascination. Like I was just like, oh wow, they're different. Oh, that's what that looks like. Oh, okay. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea.
1: <laughs> uh, now back then, because you're you're not very old now. How uh, ballpark? How old are you now?
0: I'm 38
1: now. You're 38 now. So were there yeah. any? Were there? Yeah, but 38 years ago, there were black centerfolds in Playboy, weren't there?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so, uh, yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't, I don't know, know for sure either. But I think there were. I'm not. I'm not certain. But not long before that, there there had never been an African American centerfold in Playboy. That's you know, it's an interest. Mm-hmm. Courtney, I have to ask you a question because you find out later on in life because you you didn't know why. Uh, at that time as a seven-year-old, you find them to be so fascinating. I remember mm-hmm. there was a movie called Girls, 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 starring Elvis Presley. Okay? okay. Um, and you know who Elvis Presley is, don't you?
5: Oh,
0: yes. Almost definitely, yes.
1: Well, because 38 years old, some, 30, some 38-year-olds might not even know who he is. They might not. They <laughs> might okay. not. Hey, like I said, Courtney, I'll tell you very quickly here, a quick sidebar, uh, the professional golfer... A uh, uh, young professional golfer, Rory McIlroy, was asked to name one of the Beatles, and he said George Lucas. <laughs> so... no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 That's a, no. Oh, That's a, that's a, that's movies. That's that was, that was an oranges.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: <sighs> but in any case, the girls, girls, girls comes out. I'm nine years old. And I go to the movie. I was at the Broadway Theater in North Minneapolis watching this movie. And as a nine-year-old boy, I looked up at the screen, and I remember thinking, and this is a true story. I remember thinking to myself, I'm never going to be that handsome. <laughs> I, I remember that when I was nine years old. it's like, I got no shot at being that cute, man. <laughs> That's all I know. So, so how do you know the difference between, because, because I am heterosexual, although mm-hmm. I can recognize a very handsome man. Uh, mm-hmm. so what, what's the definer there? Cause I don't, you know, Hey, look, there are handsome men. There are beautiful women there, you know? So how do we decide, was it later on in life, all of a sudden you began to understand what that was all about?
0: It's for me, I I think, um, every, well, I think some people just have their own thing, but for me, for Courtney Cottrell, for myself, it was, I don't have an issue at all saying, you know, a, a gentleman looks nice or he's sure, fine or sure. she's a good looking woman. She's beautiful. I have no issues with that. It's the sexual attraction.
1: Okay. So, you know that, what I mean? So, so that is
0: the sexual yeah. attraction. I, I was married for a while and it did nothing for me. Um, <laughs> How did it work for him? I mean, it did nothing for me. So it was like, <laughs> I had to recognize it wasn't the guys. It was me. Like I was not sexually attracted to the guys.
1: Okay. So, mm-hmm. so no so how did the guy do Was he, did he understand?
0: Oh no. Oh no. Not oh, at
1: all. Oh, <laughs> he didn't understand at all. Cause you, so you, you basically said, we, we gotta, we gotta get divorced. We gotta break up here because yes. this is not and working. Then, you
0: know, it's, and it's bad because it was like five years of his life that I wasted. You know, he could have been with somebody that was really, really, really into him, but I was too busy trying to live my life for other people. I lived my life. For what was right in other people's eyes instead of living my life for myself and and just being true to myself, making myself happy. I was, you know, just struggling going through depression and sure. being unhappy, sure. trying to just conform to how I thought the world needed to see me. So I wasted five years of his life doing that, and I felt bad about it. I was, I was heartbroken because I shouldn't have done that. I, it was selfish on my part. Um, but yeah, it, it did not go over well
1: when everything came out. But, yeah, um, but but Courtney, let me ask you a question. You didn't know when you married him that that there was no sexual attraction. You thought there was, right?
0: I did. I tried. Yeah, I tried. Exactly. I tried. So I was like, I can get past it. No, I
1: couldn't. I so was lying to myself
0: on that point too.
1: <laughs> you didn't. Uh, now I do have to ask you one thing. As a guy who grew up in the inner city, um, did did when when you when you left him, did everybody know why you left him?
0: In the beginning, no. So the friends that I made while I was in a relationship with him, um, I started making friends that were part of the LGBTQRA uh, community, and um, they knew because they were the ones that were like, "Why are you doing this to so, yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be true. Like, don't don't keep you know dragging yourself through this." But it was my ultimately it was my decision to end the relationship to say, "You know what? I can't do this anymore. I can't lie to you anymore." this is the situation, this is the scenario, this is how I'm feeling, I don't know what else to tell you, uh, but I right, had right. I, I had a good backing of, of friends Go on ahead. that side that knew coming out to my family was a slower process. Ooh, We're going to get to that, that in a side, second, because so. i got to ask oh, you yeah. one,
1: one question before we get to that. Because um, in, in my neighborhood, if, if somebody got married to a woman and then she left him uh, and then was found out later why she left him, I guarantee you, everybody that I ever hung out with as a kid would have come up and said, "To hell's wrong with you? Your wife left you for a woman." Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, did, mm-hmm. and I gotta believe that's what happened, right? So did he take a a verbal beating from people?
0: He probably did. Yeah, I, and I yeah. and I know a lot of the times when that happens, the the masculinity level has to feel sure. shrunken at that point. You yes. know, just just by the sheer nature of it. So when we parted ways, uh, I tried to. I don't, wounds can't heal if you're always in the presence of that. So I had to separate myself from mm-hmm. him totally, completely in order to move forward with my life and, you know, not have any, not really have any regrets, but just, you know, not really dwelling on that to the point it drove me crazy. So if he, I'm pretty sure guys being guys probably hassled him or had something smart sure. to say to him about it just because they're like, man, what did you do? You weren't doing your job right, you know,
1: that that's, thing. um but it. It wasn't him,
0: it was me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Man, what exactly. the hell's wrong with you? I can hear him exactly. now. <laughs> so um, now you, okay, so we move on. We've we we we've separated and divorced. Did you, you actually got divorced or did you get a, an annulment or something like that? It was a divorce. You got a divorce. Okay, so now mm-hmm. you're divorced, and how old are you, uh, and you're a divorced woman? Uh,
0: probably, let me see, uh, 22, 23
1: maybe? 22, 22. No, were you in the service at that time? I
0: was. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so so basically, uh, how did you, in your mind, because at that point, you know, we're talking 16 years ago here, right, Some 15, 16 yes. years ago, if you're in the service, how were you going to go about meeting women? Uh, did, I, uh, how, did, how do you go about finding women who are interested in women like you were?
0: So it just happened to like fall in my lap. Of, you know, oh, okay. No pun intended, but it just happened to happen. I had a part-time job working at the uh, Mount Trashmore YMCA um, okay. here, here in Virginia Beach. And there was a co-worker there, and it was one of those things where— I seen her I saw her and I was like oh my goodness who is this person I've got to know her but <laughs> you know I didn't have any game I didn't have any I did not sure. know what to say you know but it, we just kind of became friends and um, I got to know her she got to know me and it was kind of like a mutual attraction and then that was like the first girlfriend relationship I ever had
1: so you got very, very lucky there actually didn't you
0: I did I did no, and did, it lasted about five years.
1: I did notice in the descriptor, Courtney, we were talking to Courtney uh, Cortell Courtney about her book, Unapologetically Favored, A Woman, A Leader, A Testimony. I did notice the line that growing up, she, you were rejected by your father. What, did, you, did he just leave the family? It wasn't just you specifically he rejected. Was, it was the whole family?
0: It was. Yeah. So I, I, I was to my mom like I was an accident. I'm not supposed to be here. You know, things happen. Oh, and here I am. Yeah. So um, yep. and, and I think at that time, you know, my mom are, is, is when young adults, it seems like the, the, the mothers are always left with all the responsibilities of raising the kids. Yeah. And my dad was not in a place mentally, you know, mature enough to handle the responsibilities of having a family. Okay. So he still partied did his thing. and My mom raised me um, that my stepfather got married, had my brother and all that good stuff. Um, Even to this day, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what my father is. He will make guest appearances and then he will vanish. (laughs) Come back, make guest appearances and then vanish. Uh, And it's still like that to this day. And I said, you know, I I can't be angry at him. I don't know what his reasoning is for that. I have my Mm -hmm. own thoughts about why he's doing that. But I I can't be mad at him because, you know, I don't know if that's just – what he knows and he's trying to do his best or maybe he's ashamed that, you know, he wasn't in my life all my life and he's just scared to, you know, make a commitment. But I feel like I'm your child. I shouldn't have to hunt you down because you brought me into this world. So I just take it one day at a time. And I, and I'm at a, I have a, a sentence in my book where I say, you know, having a father who is alive and well, that doesn't really want to have anything to do with you is worse than not having a father at all. Yeah. Because you know your father exists and he's right there in your grasp, but you still can't get him. It's worse than not having a father at all. So,
1: yeah. I got to be honest with you, Courtney. It happened to me when I was uh, about seven years old and then again at 10 years old. And when my mm-hmm. father did finally leave for good, I was like, thank God that finally happened.
0: Because <laughs> yeah, you, you get tired of the back and forth, right? You get tired <laughs> you of too, like, yeah. it's like playing double dutch. You're waiting to jump in and jump out and oh, you're tired, you're sweating. You're like, okay, is this going to be over with? So yeah, it's one of those things.
1: <laughs> it is one of those things. <laughs> Courtney, can you stay for about five more I got to take a very quick break. Do you have five more minutes or do you have to go?
0: Oh, no, I can
1: have all the time in the world. Whatever you need, baby, I'm here. Ooh, baby, I like it. (laughs) Works for me. (laughs) Courtney Cottrell will be right back in a couple of seconds with the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here,
3: Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy.
1: Little Jimmy, mm-hmm. you know he could play the guitar a little bit.
4: Just a little.
1: There's a little, Just a little bit. Jimmy <laughs> Hendrix. I cannot believe that he's been dead 50 years next year. He died in 1970. Really? He'll have been dead for 50 years next September. That's
2: really crazy. That is
1: disgusting, if you ask me.
2: He was 26, wasn't he? 27.
1: 27. He was one oh, of the yeah, 27s. 27.
2: 27 is 27. 27 was I always the forget if it's 26 or 27 or 29. I'm like, what?
1: Uh, Courtney Cottrell, our very Courtney A. Cottrell, I should point out. Courtney A. Cottrell, with us, a woman, a leader, a testimony, unapologetically favored um, from a fellow service person. Courtney, do you want to hear the? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to hear the message? Don't want to hear what? Um, they, he, he sent a message to you. You want to hear it? Oh yes, 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 yes. Please tell her, ah sister, and happy Veterans Day." <laughs> so there you go. Veterans Day was just a couple days ago. So close enough, right?
3: Yep. Yeah, Hello?
1: Then, oh, Courtney, did, oh. I, did I lose yes, you? Yes, I'm here. Okay, excellent. Uh, Courtney Cottrell, our special guest with us, ladies and gentlemen. No, what, what I want. Okay, so we're at a point now where we, the, the, you understand that living with a man is not what you're looking for, you're just not into that. You get divorced, mm-hmm. then you go to work, and then you, you see this very attractive young woman, you get to know her, that's where we left off. And now I wanna just sit back, shut up, and, and hear you. Where do you go from there, Courtney?
0: Ooh, so now I'm on a whirlwind of what do I do with this newfound relationship, who can I talk to? Because I'm in the Navy, and during that time, it was don't ask, don't tell policy. So now I'm risking of, you know, my coworkers in the Navy asking, well, why are you getting your divorce? And I'm going, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I don't yeah. I don't want to tell anybody because no. I don't know who I can trust with that information if I did tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to figure out, you know, this whole new feeling that I'm having, this whole new relationship that I have. But I don't really know anybody like me at that time that has been through this that I could talk to. so I'm trying to manage like two different lives at the same time as a young person with no life experience, it was the most stressful time of my life. yeah, I could see that. Uh, it was it was a, it was a sheer struggle so that's where I was at. <laughs>
1: after that so courtney i've never asked this question of anybody a gay woman a gay man i've never asked anybody this question did you at that point once you're divorced now because going through a divorce for anybody's got to be extremely stressful mm-hmm. whether you want to be in the marriage or not it's got to be very stressful it yes. was is there a point for a gay person where you go god what's wrong with me do you have to go through that or do you did do you get to skip you that do part? you do i thought so. you,
0: you have to it you have to build up in order to, it's so many different, so many different things that plays into this. One, it's you know having having self acceptance, self awareness, self love. You got to start with the inside of you first, mm-hmm. and you do question that. You do sit down, no crap. And at the time, I didn't have a Google, but you know you can look up stuff on the internet during AOL dial up. Might take a little bit, but you can pull up stuff, asking questions like am I gay? Or how do you know if you're a gay? Or, right, right. Uh, gay people. Like you're just, cause you have, you have so many questions or you're having, or you're trying to make sure, or you're trying to say, okay, maybe I'm not. And I just have this, I don't know. It's like a virus. I don't know. You're trying to find some kind of something to play it off because how dare you come out and not be like everybody else. But I like to say, you know, there's like 5,000 colors in a, a crayola crayon box nowadays. If there was yeah. just one color in that box, nobody would buy the box in the world to be born. Mm-hmm. So it's people fear what's not like them. They fear what they don't know. And so you go through a, a period where you're your fear of who you are and who you can tell and who's gonna reject you and your parents being disappointed and people looking at you like now you're contagious. I can't have my kids around you and you're thinking Oh what? yeah. You you go through all of that emotion, and if you don't have anybody, a trusted advisor or somebody you can talk to, a vent buddy, or just anybody that you can rely on to just be an ear, you might not want them to tell you anything, because what can they say? They can't really help you through it if they've never been through it themselves. So sometimes you don't, even if you just need somebody to be quiet and listen to, like, your pain or struggle, it's the best thing in the world. But, yes, you go through that self-doubt and that why me and the questions and the fear and the Mm -hmm. the stress of thinking about what's going to happen when you decide one day to say, you know what, this is me, take it or not, you know, I'm walking out of my closet and y'all going to just accept what's going to come out and that's it.
1: Yeah. And that's how it should be. One of the things we should mention here that 55% of all marriages and in America and in divorce now and I can't even guess how many more percentage points people are in unhappy relationships. So once you understand you've left a relationship and then you have a new relationship, that if you're in a good, solid, loving relationship, you are one of the luckiest people on earth. Yes. I mean, it's yes. true. No matter. That, that's a
0: true statement. It's a that true, a true statement. statement. I have right now my relationship with my wife right now, I she found me when I was at my my darkest when I was contemplating suicide, but I was like, you know, I don't even know why I'm here on earth. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't want to do this anymore. She happened. Well, I found found her. I Facebook stalked her, but Mm -hmm. she found me. I found her. Um, And she pulled me back out. She gave me a reason. It was, I had to, I had to learn how to let go. And I tell people it's okay. It's okay to be Batman, save the world, be the strong person, be the hero, but it's also okay to be Robin and sit back and follow somebody else and let them lead you for a change, take a break. And that's what I did. And I, it has been the best thing in my life for the last five years.
1: So. And it will be for the rest of your life, as a matter of fact. We just went through a situation where a friend of ours lost their spouse and I couldn't even, I, I talked to my what Catherine and I have been together for 38 years, we've been married for 35 years. And I just had to ask the person, I said, what? well, we just had a guest on this show yesterday. Michael Corder was on the show yesterday, and his wife died, unfortunately, and he, was on, he wrote a book about it. And mm-hmm. I said, when it's all over, when you come home from that, from that funeral and, the, and the, you know, the, the food part of it and the meeting afterward with the friends and everybody wishing you well, they're all gone, and you're standing at home by yourself, what does that feel like? And he said, you wouldn't even believe what that feels like how, how yes. uncomfortable it is. So once again, the fact that you're in a relationship with, with a woman who loves you, you love her, and mm-hmm. you're hitting, I, seriously, I mean, you, you're hitting about the 5% uh, out there that uh, people who are actually in loving, caring relationships. I think it's wonderful, Courtney.
0: It is. It's, I tell people, you know, just live your life and do what you want to do that's going to make you happy. This is not a practice yeah. You have one life to live. And yep. you can't, Base your life off of other people and their expectations of you. Because at the end of the day, they're not the ones that you have to answer to. You have to answer to yourself. And the number one disappointment you can really have in life is disappointing yourself because you're trying to live up to other people's standards, other people's expectations. So, you know, live life, be who you are, walk in your truth, speak your truth, have confidence in everything you do and own who you are. If they don't like you, it's okay. People are going to talk regardless. Let them talk. It's okay. That's why we are a free country. People say what they want to say. Just, you know, just just love who you are. If you can't love yourself, nobody's going to love you either. and You can't love nobody else. So, you know, it all starts within each individual, in my opinion.
1: You're very close to your mother.
0: I am because it, oh, it shows
1: a lot that you're very close to your mother. Just by the way you comport yourself, you know, the way you talk and you tell, you can always tell when somebody's close to their parents, their father, their mother, whatever the situation is. Um, yeah, I, I, I you know, I guess it's a situation where I've never asked anybody this question before. Courtney, you'll be the first one. Mm-hmm. Cause I okay. don't understand. Um, mm-hmm. I, we don't have any gay members in our family, my wife's family, my family either. Um, how do you... God, how, I want to ask you this question. I don't even know how to a- ask this question. How do you, how do people... I mean, you might not even know this, but I'll ask it anyway. How do people go about getting homophobic, not liking people because of their sexual uh, orientation? Why, why do you think that happens? Why would they care?
0: It's fear of the unknown.
1: Oh, okay. All right.
0: Fear of the unknown. People that don't understand what's happening, they don't know what's happening. They it's the fight or flight response. Like either you're gonna you know run away from it, or you're just gonna be against it because you don't understand. Okay. You don't know. You don't have. You don't want to sit down and take time to to learn about it because you're scared of it. So that's how I look at it. So I don't. I just say people are who they are. If they don't like you, that's fine. You want to talk about me? I am a okay, baby. Because you don't pay none <laughs> my bills. So. I'm good with that, but it's, it's, people have a fear of what they don't know and what they don't understand. Yeah. So they tend yeah. to shun away from, don't want to have nothing to do with it. So they just brush it off.
1: Okay, so you and your wife, uh, do, you, do you have children? No, I, well I have a, a, a dog. That's oh, right that's nice Courtney. <laughs> oh, I
5: have a dog. They can be just <laughs> yeah,
0: <they're> a Oh very... <laughs> my goodness, I locked him out of the room. So he's outside sniffing the door right now.
1: <laughs> it might be a good idea. Do you ever think of maybe uh, in the future having children? with their adoption or I having
0: one, natural? Uh, yes. You gotta. Well, I, was, I don't know. I'm kind of like enjoying traveling and doing everything. No, I understand. And, you know, having a dog. I'm like, who's going to babysit this dog? I got about three babysitters I can call. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's a and that's a dog. Um, but I have thought about having kids one day. Um, we'll see what the future holds. Right now, I'm like trying to, you know, prepare myself for retirement um, in the next two years from the, from the Navy. And I'm setting my life up and, you know, starting my life for real, for real. So we'll see what happens in the future.
1: One of the things that I love, Courtney, and and to kind of close here is you don't, you're not a victim. You don't, uh, even though I'm sure you did feel victimized at certain points by life itself, by other people, by your own thoughts, by your own father, you do Mm -hmm. not carry that with you. You're a very, very strong person. I really hope that uh, now that Unapologetically Favored is out, you're going to do a lot of TV time and talk to a lot of people because people are going to understand sexual orientation doesn't have anything to do with being a good person or whatever. It you're a very good person, Courtney, and it's a ball well, talking. You. I love talking to you. I
0: could do this for hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you Courtney come back I'd love to have you back as a guest
0: Oh yes I'll come back you Just let me know when I'm here
1: Alright my dear <laughs> well thank you very much Courtney Cottrell K-I-T-T-R-E-L-L Unapologetically favored A woman, a leader, a testimony Courtney you're a great guest You need to do a lot of national TV time And get all over uh, television and radio and everywhere else Because I think you'll do a lot of people a lot of good
0: Thank you so so much I
1: appreciate it Thank you have a good day Courtney You too Bye. What a sweet woman. Yeah, She's the greatest. I, and I suppose, you know, I suppose at seven years old, you kind of go, oh, look how pretty that woman is. And you just don't know. You have no idea.
5: Because mm-hmm,
4: it's, yeah, it's normal for you.
1: Yeah, because it's normal for you. Yeah, like I said, look at this. See, this is not a woman I probably would uh, want to cause trouble no. with anyway. She, yeah. looks... she
4: looks like she means. She... Her, <laughs> she her and I mean are the business. same. Yeah, her and I are the same age, and yeah. Yeah, she looks like she's got more authority than I do. That's for so sure. How cute
1: the little girl she was, though. Yeah. Had this big smile on her face. That's,
4: that's got to be Courtney's tough great. being in the military and being gay for men yeah, and women. Yeah,
1: I suppose that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, oh, don't ask, don't tell. That wasn't that long ago, actually.
4: Yeah. You know. so weird.
1: <clears throat> don't know. ask, don't tell. Don't talk about your private parts.
4: Well, I mean, and especially women in the military, I mean, they...
1: Yeah, that's a different deal anyway. Isn't
4: yeah. It? I mean, you're amongst men and you know, you you feel out of your element to begin with, and to constantly be harassed yeah. and then to be a gay on top of that, I couldn't oh
1: You just did a country thing like a gay. A, a, a gay. <laughs> a gay <laughs>
4: <laughs> Being a gay,
1: he's a gay. A gay! <laughs> I but, love that.
4: Yeah, oh but yeah, props to her for putting a book out and just spilling spilling her guts on how she went, you know, what she went through, and and um, I give
2: a lot of kudos to people like that that I have the the guts to do that. Well, I remember in the that series, um, the assassination of Gianni Versace. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was. Um, They showed some parts about a man in the military that was gay, and he was, like, pretty high up in the military and then ended up just completely dropping out because he was, like, couldn't keep the secret any longer, and there was all this stuff, and they were handing out, like, pamphlets about gayness and all this stuff, (laughs) like... Which like is just a, so like weird. It's a disease. Yeah, it's so weird.
4: Well, they
1: used to think it was a disease. I know. Yeah. That's,
4: They'd try and you know, gay you. They
1: said, look, there's a gay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, not really. No, well, I, I. Courtney think, used the term a gay once. Yeah, she so. did. She absolutely did. Who? Courtney. Like, Courtney oh, Cottrell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so Our oh. guest did. No, she uh, She needs to get like all over Tell a big deal about that? No, I think. Well look, unless you want to be offended, you're not going to make a deal, a big deal mm-hmm. out of that. Pretty People much. right now just want to be hurt and want to be victimized and want to be offended. I don't know why. Why do you want to be unhappy? What is what do you guys think the upside is? You're The media tells them that being angry Means that they are correct That they Oh that they're right If you're mad you're correct Or if mm-hmm. you're
2: a victim you have purpose
1: <clears throat> yep. have Victims purpose. are also always correct
6: Well and something that uh.
2: I just will never understand About the whole thing is like I'll use Donald Trump as an example Everybody's always talking about how hateful And horrible and miserable he is yeah. And all this stuff and it's like You know no he's not a wonderful human being By any means But then there you know making fun of his hair and talking about how
6: yeah they're making fun of his hands and his hair
2: obnoxious he is and making little cartoons of him and know, it's like all you're just obsessing and just, well and it's just over
6: like, the tiniest little details that have nothing to do with him as a politician or and then a also
2: it's just like you're okay so you're upset about somebody being a bad person yes that's mm-hmm. something you should be upset about. But then you're being a bad person by making fun of this person. Like, I know. Just because they're bad doesn't mean they should be made fun of. We're a hypocritical society. Yeah, super yep. hypocritical. And it's like, I get, you know, not agreeing with things that he's doing and, you know, protesting that kind of stuff, but then holding up a sign that's just you know, just making fun of his face. What's that going to do? Why is that something that you think you should do?
1: we got to get going. We'll be right back. Another couple of special guests coming up right after this with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, the ultimate weight loss program powered by Neutromos is having an early holiday sale. Well, you'll receive 20 to 30% off the cost of the program. Shed those unwanted pounds and look great before the holidays get here. Lose 20 pounds or more. Consumer Guarantee, see website for details, ultimatewl.com. Ultimate's plan is unlike any other weight loss program out there, with over 1 million pounds lost to date, and clients like me will tell you that this is a weight loss program that works. This plan is customized for each individual person, and the Ultimate Weight Loss staff will be there for you every step of the way. They helped me change my life. they can help you, too. Start to live your healthiest life and schedule an immediate consultation in their new E-Dyna location or Plymouth with expanded hours. And look great for the holidays. Sale ends Saturday, November 9th. Call now and save. 763-333-7337. What a song. I love the OJs anyway. Fraggle Rock. Fraggle right.
2: Rock. Every single time.
6: Yeah. Every
2: single time. Speaking of
1: Fraggle, Yo, Rock, Fraggle Rock, really?
4: I have never seen Dave so giddy. At Wizard World, he uh, did the panel for Steve Whitmire, who's the voice of uh, Kermit the Frog. Oh yeah. And he also did some stuff with Fraggle Rock, and I'm like. I went up to Steve. I'm like, I am such a Fraggle Rock fan. And he's like, really? I don't hear a lot of people liking Fraggle Rock. No, no what? one
6: talks about it. was vastly Fraggle overshadowed Rock. by the rest of the Muppets. Well,
4: <coughs> probably because it originally aired on HBO. <coughs> and that was a pre- Fraggle Rock. Did Yes. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, that. Yeah,
6: that wasn't a good decision.
4: That's I think that's <coughs> why a lot of people haven't heard of Fraggle it's Rock so, because of that.
6: I mean, in the 90s, was HBO the way it is now? Uh, or it, 80s, I guess. Because strago Rock is from 83, wow. If
4: you had HBO, which I did, everyone thought, ooh, you must have money or something, because it was like a premium cable thing to have. Oh, HBO? And was it also yeah. just like
6: constantly filled with like 90% violence and nudity like it is today?
4: Yeah. Well, yeah.
6: Yeah. So then it's a weird choice to put a children's show
4: but on did. HBO. But see, like in the mornings, HBO specifically kind of geared their stuff towards children. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it was in the evening that's that. when they had more oh. of the sultry type I know of stuff. HBO going was basically
1: on. just 24 hour porn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: 1977,
1: I was the first guy that I know of that had HBO, but it was called Home Box Office. Yes.
4: Oh, Do you yeah. remember the the, uh, the promo that they would have coming in? it It was like going through like yes to the globe and then it would fly down through the city and then it would go through somebody's window right to the tv oh
1: that's it so futuristic
4: that brings back some memories
1: it does indeed and i'll never forget i I, like people were saying wait a minute you can watch movies at your house Mm -hmm. like on television with commercials Said, no there aren't no commercials (laughs) what I know. They just did not understand it at all, what, what I was doing. I still don't understand the concept of... boy. our, our guests aren't on, are they? No, not oh, yet.
6: Oh, okay. just want to make sure we're not just talking over them the whole time. Just
1: burning up all their time. Yeah, the yeah, concept
6: yeah. of 80s pay-per-view. So when you went to the channel, did it like show a phone number you had to call, or was it just scrambled?
4: He, well... Because
6: I never did it. Because I was a kid,
4: you would go to the TV guide channel, and if there was a pay-per-view, you had to call your cable provider in order to order that specific program you uh, wanted to watch. Um, and then they too, yeah. <laughs> too much work. Yeah,
6: too much work. I don't yes. need to watch the Hulkster deliver the SmackDown that I, bad.
4: I want to. I want to yeah, say on that specific channel, if you hadn't paid for it, was like scrambled or they had some type of like thing up saying that you need to pay for this call this number or whatever yeah yeah. if i remember correctly yeah
1: that's pretty much how the whole deal was yeah yeah no question about it god that was a that was a whole different that same year i believe was 1977 i think it was um so i i've got home box office at my house they had to come and put a special box in on my television so I could get it. Yep. <laughs> and Joe McFadden, for Christmas, gave me the very first VCR. Mm-hmm. Or Yeah, VCR is yeah. a tape one, VCRs right? play VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Yes, there you go. This thing was the size of a Volkswagen. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And the, the top of it popped up. You then slid the movie into the top and pushed it back down. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, God, this thing was like having a car in your living
4: room. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, I we remember. We had a Betamax.
1: But all yeah, Ooh. but that didn't last very long. Nope. No, my my
4: grandfather was. Bound, he says Betamax is the future.
1: Well, yeah. it kind of should have been.
6: They kind of blew it. Yeah. They yeah, really kind of Betamax it. was better than VHS. <laughs> it I was, believe, yeah. It but was, yep. Then they created VHS tapes that were better. But that cheaper. would work in your VCR. Right. So at that point, it's like, we already have a VCR. Why buy a Betamax player? Yeah. When VHS tapes are now better than Betamax tapes.
4: Yeah. There's was a the whole
6: format war thing going on.
4: All, all of my home movies of when I was e- a kid are all <clears throat> on Betamax. So I can't uh, even watch oh, them. Oh, you can't
1: get a player? You I can't. Can you get a Betamax like player on. like
4: $500.
6: No. EBay. For a Betamax?
4: ones that work.
6: Really? Yeah. (laughs) What's the one that doesn't
1: work?
4: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be fun for you. VCR and all that works. Yeah. Yeah. Because the only places you can buy that kind of stuff, if you just want to go get one, is at like a pawn shop or. um, But yeah, some of that um, nostalgic type of like. Uh, electronics is is going up in price i mean if you find a decent B, uh, vcr that actually works they're yeah. expensive
6: well, they're not being made anymore so every day there's fewer vcrs in the world god so. i was just thinking back
1: i was 25 years old i had home box office i had a vcr and i lived across the street from the lincoln dell you want to talk about a dream 25 year old life Right. Man, it was the greatest, <laughs> and I was in the record business, so I really didn't work much. No, I just went. I said, "Play it." Play that was my it. whole job back then. Do you hear me? I said, "Play it."
2: Yeah.
1: You know what I'm yeah. talking about? A lot of work. But yeah, I look back on you know I look back on those things too, and how grateful I am. I had that period in my life because I learned how to do business. That so was very good for me. That's so why it's funny. People <clears throat>
6: complain. It's like, oh no, I have to pay two dollars to get a movie streamed in high definition directly to my house for no effort. <laughs> it's like 30 years ago, we were buying $4,000 machines so we could watch the shittiest
1: quality movies in the universe. No, I think that very first VCR was a couple of grand. It,
6: yeah. And, uh, that in today's more dollars? Than that. Yeah, totally. At least a couple thousand. It and was a couple thousand. VHS tapes, they're the worst quality. Yeah, they're not. They look yeah. like garbage, but now people are, I can't get 4K. I can only get 1080p.
1: Oh, is that right? It's just crazy. Well, yeah, that is true. Yeah, 4K four K now is a bit... 4K is pretty damn impressive. Well, yeah, but, I mean, is it necessary? I don't think it's necessary to get, a, like, a $100,000 television to watch it on. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, that's just me. It all works out in the end that way, don't you think? I don't know. It's, uh You
6: know, in 20 years, we're going to be talking about how 4K is so crappy, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, comparatively. No, I think you're absolutely right. In, in 20 years, it'll can't be a little different can't they didn't have
6: 200... Deal k at the time
1: (laughs) yeah i mean when you look back over the last 50 years so like back to 1969 the differences in the world from then to now it's just Mm -hmm. it's psychotic the big the big difference between all that stuff and and then and now was unbelievable did you hear about this guy got pulled over by the cops for speeding i imagine that happens a lot in florida Oh, he's got a black eye. I wonder what caused that. Mm -hmm. A Florida man caught driving recklessly told police he needed to get home in a hurry because he was cheating on his wife. That's according to an arrest Mm -hmm. affidavit naming John Earl Picard, 52, who Tarpon Springs police say was driving 90 miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour zone on Route 19 on Sunday. In addition to the marital infidelity, Picard uh, spontaneously admitted to paying $50 for a crack rock found in a baggie in his T-shirt pocket. Oh. The affidavit reads, per Newsweek, he was booked into the Pinellas County Jail on misdemeanor reckless driving and felony drug possession, posted $2,250 bond. No word if his wife picked him up or not because it became public knowledge that he was cheating on her, and that's why he was speeding.
4: Probably not. We have Eddie on the line.
1: Eddie Lavert. Eddie. Yeah. How you doing, Eddie? What's what's going on, man? i got to tell you something, Eddie. There's there's not going to mean anything to you. But to me, in nineteen seventy seven I was working at W eight Ooh, what is that noise? Oh god, yeah, take that off there, Eddie. That's no, nope, that's not gonna do it. Are those on? Uh it's, it's the
6: plug-in, it's the plug in again. cord. Yeah. The cord is messed
1: up. Sorry, Eddie. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. There good. Thanks, Better? Eddie. Sorry, Eddie. We just uh had had a had a little wire going nuts on us there. Eddie LeVert, ladies and gentlemen. The O.J.'s, a new album, The Last Word, a PBS special, which aired at the uh, Philadelphia Music uh, uh, Walk of Fame induction. On October 22nd, Eddie LeVert, 1977. I was working at W.A.P.E. in Jacksonville, Florida, and I interviewed you there for the very first time. And that was only 42 years ago, Eddie. <laughs> do, you,
7: do you know? And I just left
1: Jacksonville, Last Sunday. You did? Did you wave on your yeah, way out? I just... We just played, we just played there uh, Saturday night. Honestly,
7: and uh, yeah. I just... It was great. The, the crowd was great. Uh, we, had a, we had a great time down
1: there. Well, you do a wonderful job. Eddie LeVert, ladies and gentlemen. The OJ is one of my favorite uh, groups of all time, as a matter of fact. Uh, and another thing, very quick aside, Eddie, and then I want to hear your story is when the song for the love of money came out, a friend of mine said, man, that's a great title. Where'd they get that title? And I said, is the root of all evil? And he said, what? (laughs) (laughs) Most people think it's money is the root of all evil. It's not, it's the love of money. That's where
5: it came from. You're absolutely right.
1: Eddie, you have as great a sense of humor as you had 42 years ago. Let me just I do, see I, I think it's great. Over the years now that I do a morning show in town as well as this show. This this show has been on for 8 years. The morning show has been on for 34 years and I've been in radio for 48 years. So I have the great fortune of looking back on all of those things like remembering talking to you 42 years ago and you did a great interview by the way.
7: Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I hope I can keep it up. <laughs> well, that's what my wife says.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Eddie LaVert on stage, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Eddie, how did this all come together? Now, by the last word, you're not saying this album is the last word, are you?
7: Uh, No, well, you know, not really, because, you know, the people decide on whether it's going to be the last word. Or yeah. Not. You boy. know, and... The reaction to this album has been really very positive. So I think we'll probably be around until I croak. You know what I'm saying? You know, they, they still enjoy our work. We still enjoy our work. And we still put the fans to be number one. And that's why we do what we do. And I think we'll be around as long as we are able to do.
1: You know, Eddie, got to tell you something. What you just said is right on the money because uh, I just talked about the fact that I remember interviewing you 42 years ago. If you were a jerk or did a terrible interview, I would never remember that interview, but I remember it was you because yeah, you, did a, you did a great interview. You are you all about the fans, and you always have been. Yes,
7: yeah, that that's the only way. You, that's, uh, that's how you get longevity, man. Yep. That's how you become famous. That's the fans, the people make you, you don't, and, and the minute you start thinking that you're making yourself, then you're gonna be in a lot of trouble. And that's, and that's what happens to a lot of my young, young, the young talent that's coming along now. They get to thinking it's all about them. And they forget that it's people who support you, who put you there. It's people who make you who you are. And allow uh, people,
1: you're nothing. No, you're absolutely right. And I, and by the way, Eddie, I'm not going to get political on you here, but I just got to ask you: you guys probably made some long money off of that apprentice using the for the love of money, didn't you? That's, that pays pretty well, doesn't it?
7: <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it, yeah. Look, I'm not. I'm not mad at him. <laughs> look, <laughs>
3: I hey, like it, you Eddie. Know,
7: I, you know, I, I, you, you, look, look, he, he became president, yes, and I just think the office of president deserves a certain amount of respect. Yes, Now, sir. the person that's there, if they're not doing what is respectful, then, you know, we, we should save that and go to the ballot box and vote them out. But you should also have respect for office and for who is president. There, he, he's president, so we should be respectful of that.
1: God, you know, Eddie. You're, see, no wonder you do. No one I remember forty-two years ago. You're right on the money. You don't have to like the guy, but you do have to love the office. Yeah, I, I agree completely.
7: Yeah, you know, that's where I I, I just disagree with all this booing and. Yep. You know, and even even his his gibberish too. But you know, uh <laughs> with all of that said and done, I'm not a big fan of his, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I, I I've made money with the man. And <clears throat> nah, I um, I respect the op,
1: and that's what it is. And that's what it what it should be for everybody. Look, I, there have been I look back at some of the things that have happened in the presidency, and and, and I, first of all, I'm not a very political person anyway. I tend to be kind of a centrist. I'm not really a Republican or a Democrat. I'm kind of in the center, going, "Why don't we just serve the people?" Yeah, that's it. Yeah,
7: yeah. It's a, it, that's all. It, that's what it's all about. I'm I'm not a political person either. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's like Jesus. You know, uh, they all have garbage. Everybody carries a little baggage with them, you know. Yeah. Yep. And your baggage, when you're in that position, your baggage is out there for everybody to see. So, you know, some of us have baggage, but never nobody gets a chance to see it because we're not in that public
1: eye. God, I got to read something to you. Have you read your read your descriptor for the interviews you're doing? Because there's a paragraph in it. This is a great paragraph. Have you read it? No, uh, The OJs, the last word. It starts with two iconic voices that are as unmistakable as they are soaring, polar opposites indeed, the gruff, powerful Eddie Levert and the proverbially silky-smooth Walter Williams Sr. What do you think of that descriptor? That's pretty good.
7: Well, you know, well, yeah,
1: well, okay, it's all right. I'll
7: take whatever they give me, man. <laughs> well, I think it's quite... At least I'm getting... <clears throat> You know, I'm getting something. They could say I was a bum.
1: (laughs) I suppose that's true. But I tell you what, calling you powerful is not all bad. Gruff and powerful.
7: No, no. You know, like I say, I'll take whatever they're giving me because I'm going to do what I do every night, and I'm going to try to do it to the best of my ability. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, then you're you're t- entitled to your
1: opinion. Yeah, absolutely, Eddie. Do you know when you're coming to uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul again? Do you have anything on the docket yet?
7: Um, I, well, we're we're see. This is supposed to be our last tour, but ah. I'm beginning to feel like I'm beginning to feel like Mick Jagger, Jagger, and and the,
3: and the Rolling Stones. Like it will be our last tour every two years. Yeah. <laughs> So I
7: think we're coming out uh, again in August because there's been such a great demand for us to do more shows. We're gonna come out again in pro- probably in August with uh, Gladys Knight. Oh it'll be God! Gladys Knight in the ocean. What a so show! So I, I hope we'll, I'll, I'll tell them that we need to be in Minneapolis.
1: Yeah, you got to give right? me a call and tell me when you're coming because I want to come up on stage and go Eddie Levert, and then I'll just walk off. <laughs> What do you think?
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with it. I'm you know, Eddie, <laughs> I
1: get the feeling it's a good thing you and I didn't hang out together back when I used to be drinking. You know what I mean?
7: Oh, yeah, well, you know, I. I yeah, it's a good thing that you didn't
1: do that. <laughs> Eddie Lavert, Walter Sorry. Williams Sr., the OJs, ladies and gentlemen. The Last Word, PBS special first aired uh, on October 22nd. The live special released digitally uh, and on demand on September 6th. It's out there. The Last Word for you, the OJs. Eddie, what a thrill to talk to you. And let's not wait another 42 years, shall we? Pleasure, man. Thank you, sir. Take care. You too. Bye. That's going to do it. Talk to you tomorrow with the family.